today we want to discuss something uh, just a common topic a topic that is relevant and it's been around for a few a few months now running i think it's a a societal issue now and i want to contextualize it around a story written some years ago by an african author uh, kola onadikbe kola onadikbe wrote a book uh, titled the boy slave and the sequel to that book was the return of shetima published in 1972. yes yeah, so like um i said a brief intro before before now that we want to look at the possibility of um africans africans who whose parents left the shores of the motherland some years okay. ago you know through the um the slave trade into the foreign land either in the u.s the americas generally or to europe as the case um, might may be uh, now because of this uh, ongoing social issues across the world which is about either uh, racism which is leading up to black life matter movement all over and then people beginning to research about where exactly do i come from where exactly did my parents come from is it possible to retrace that route as a matter of fact because of this uh, black life matter movement so people are beginning to think about hey can we return all right people are doing dna tests to check their origin yeah. revisiting revisiting africa you know to to identify with the cultures to identify with traditions and to see to also explore opportunities of investment and that is an indication of the boy slave wanting to return so we, we think that we, we cannot start the conversation along that line that's you know when shetima where this topic is derived from uh, Kola Onadikbe's uh, book, The Return of Shetima. Shetima returned, no matter what, how many years he spent outside his father's land, right, his motherland, uh, there was that struggle, of course, that one day, there was that belief, even from home, that one day Shetima will return. There was space for Shetima. In fact, there was an inheritance. There was a staff of office. I think a sword. That his, his sword, died, yeah. yeah. His father died and left that same. Yeah. One day, I'm going to work with my ancestors for the return of my boy, Shetima. And yes. eventually, Shetima returned. This time around, I'm not sure we're going to have some ancestors working for the return of, for the return of African-Americans or uh, British-Americans or wherever Africans might find themselves. Now, by the way, why are we having this conversation at this point in time? Because we want to assume that we're living in a free world. We're living in the world where now we want to think people can, people are free to travel, are free, are free to worship, to marry, people are free to identify, you know, whatever is socially uh, accommodated, something you could do in a, in a, in a contemporary world, a civilized world. But in reality, is that what is happening? Why are people being discriminated upon and beginning to think that, hey, there is a place I want to? Just to give it more uh, perspective, an example of an issue. Okay. Like I said before, in about 19, I think 1994, the Gambia started uh, a traditional event called the uh, Roots Homecoming Festival. The Roots Homecoming Festival in the Gambia is celebrated and attended by uh, African-Americans and other Africans from other countries who feel that, yes, they need to re-identify with their roots. It's there. Another example is um, the bill that was 
sponsored by a Nigerian senator, I think last year, 2019 or thereabout, that uh, a bill on, uh, I think the bill of return, they call it, the, uh, I can't get the name of that bill, but I will get that, which it was, the bill was to allow African, uh, Afri persons of African origin to acquire Nigerian citizenship for the purpose of, um, I think, reintegration and development of Nigerian state. And that bill was rejected. Uh, a few senators I heard that spoke about it said that number one, that Africa is already, Nigeria is already overpopulated. Why are we opening doors for uh, other people, other Africans to come back to Nigeria? That it's, uh, it's going to be a bill, a bill of catastrophe. That was what it was called then, <laughs> to allow people to, to come back. Another senator said that um, we already have existing uh, constitutional provisions to allow for people to acquire citizenship. So why do we need to create another? So to him, he felt that no, 1999 constitution as it is regarding the right of citizenship is okay. We don't need to. So that bill did not see the light of the day. But frankly speaking, there is pressure. And people are beginning to think. And some people have, have checked I've done some research. Some people are returned. If you go to Ghana, some people are doing business and they have their testimonies. So the question we are going to ask, or I'm going to ask now, ask you, Akin. By the way, if I, let me do a brief intro of Akin before uh, I take this conversation, uh, because I, like I said before, I'm not an expert in this uh, conversation. So Akin is a teaching fellow in international security and director for MA International Relations at the University of Warwick. He holds a Bachelor in Politics and Psychology from the University of Ibadan and a Master's in International Security from the University of Sussex and has completed a PhD in Politics from the University of East Anglia in the United Kingdom. So, Akin, thank you for joining us today. Um, thank you very much, um, Justin. And, and, yeah, that's been very generous of you with the introduction. Thank you. Um, yeah, so... I think when we look at this, and I really like the analogy you've, you've actually incorporated into this, talking about the return of Shetima, right? Um, and I think from my own kind of background in, in kind of teaching and research, I would want to expand it a little bit. And because I would want to ask one, we would have to make some claims known about one ontology. Then we'll talk about epistemology. When we're talking about Africa, what does it mean? What what is Africanness? What 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 does it mean? What is what is what claims can we make about being an African, right? And we have to unpack that. And then we'll have to also make some philosophical kind of unpacking as well, right? And also political, right? And also economic, also political economic. And we'll go through that, and I believe that we can go through that step by step and also go through history. But before that, um, I think I want to engage with some of the concepts you already um, kind of mentioned and the discussion you started, which was very interesting with the Kola um, Onodikwe's book, right? The Boy Slave and the Return of the Boy Slave, right? Um, so from my own perspective, and, and, and this might be a little bit arbitrary because we all have this interpretivist kind of spin that we put on things, right? Kola yeah. um, Onodikwe's storyline, right, is a little bit different from the current situation and i want to highlight why it's quite different so um interestingly um you know um, shatima from being in boko was born 
um, interesting family, um, went to the farm to, to get his, um, probably check his trap, snare, was kidnapped, sold into slavery. But that slavery was, I would argue, is a different kind of slavery. It is still slavery because if you, the argument is that slavery has gone, if you go back in time, slavery has been there as far back as humans were able to know the difference between right and wrong, right? To just take people and use them, a form of bondage, right? If you see that as a form of bondage. Um, so it's been in pre-modern society, um, kind of classical antiquity, and we can go back in time. So in, in the case of, of Shetima there, it was sold to across the Sahara, because it talks about being taken across or up to the Sahel. So if we're talking about his own being in Bokona, I would locate that somewhere in northern Nigeria, because he said it's quite close to the border, right? So we locate yeah. that with close to the Nigerian border, and then we can then talk about him being transported to some kind of hybrid communities, which I think are fi fictional communities. He talks about Gosama or something. Uh, he talks about those areas, which are not places you'd find in, in kind of real life, but these are places he tried to use to represent the experience of being taken away and having the experience that he had there and also working for a master, right? Working for a master and then meeting Matamba, Matamba the brute and the experiences of Matamba and then getting, I'll put that in quote, winning his freedom, right? But yeah. I would reinterpret that as manumission because there are three ways of ending slavery of, of, in terms of individual or collective, right? The manumission is when the, the owner, slave owner, willingly accepts to let the slave go. This could happen in so many things. Like in the case of the US, most slaves, most slave owners released their slaves in their will. So when they were on their dying beds, they would release them. And there was a point in Southern, southern states that it became illegal to actually manumit people, to, to release slaves, right? Then you could also talk about abolition, where the institution of slavery itself is abolished, right? So in that sense, it becomes illegal and criminal for you to own a slave, which was what happened at Juneteenth in the U.S. When we're talking about, they usually, usually celebrate June, Juneteenth um, in the U.S., very, very interesting. And then you talk about emancipation, where the government or some other bodies free slaves, right? It could be by force. It could be by several other ways. And for, for one, um, part of that was part of the Haitian Revolution, which actually kick-started much of the domino effects that led to the abolition of slavery itself um, by the, the British Empire, right? So, and for me, something about the Kola Onodipe's book was that to an extent, I found some parts of it a little bit cringy because there was a part I thought like, one, it, to an extent, he romanticized slavery a little bit, mm -hmm. right? So when I said he romanticized slavery was that there were aspects of him even almost glorifying slavery, right? Glorifying enslavement of people, right? There's a moral dimension of that, which I'll come back to um, later. And then even the definition of slavery as well, right? And what I would emphasize, and I said there's a difference between the, the, the Shetima slavery, right? The, the slavery that Shetima experienced and the transatlantic slavery, which I would also, also contrast with the trans-Saharan slavery, right? Yeah. So if, if I contrast that, the transatlantic slavery became something else in the course of the various events, right? So at the beginning, it was people were taken abroad, right? 
and some of them were based on a kind of indentured kind of servitude, right? So you are connected to a particular master and you work for a particular time and then you gain your freedom, right? Yeah. But then in the process of that, it became chattel slavery. What chattel slavery means, right? It's, it's, it's called this partus um, sequito dem of von Trent. People will talk about that. So what that means is that you, not only that person becomes a slave, their descendants also become slaves. So what that means is that that creates a natural category for slavery, which means that some people become naturally slaves. Yeah, in the entire generation. Generation, yes. And what that did, and the way that was created, and I'll also link that to the concept of blackness or concept of the Negro and the concept of race, which will help us and help bring us to today, right? Yeah. Which will help bring us to the, the, the George Floyd case and every other case in the US and also how we think about ourselves today. And that will take us to also the bill you mentioned, the so-called yeah. catastrophe that you mentioned, right? Yeah. So if you look at the case of the US, what, that, what the British Empire did at that time was that to make sure that slavery continued because there was a case of so many slave owners actually abusing and raping the female um, kind of Africans. Because at that time, they were actually indentured Irish as well. And that's what people don't, don't get. It's not just Africans that were involved at the start of this. And also, you can even trace the, the trans-Saharan slave trade, which preceded the transatlantic and was as devastating, if not more devastating. Right? So if you combine the two, if we're talking about the number of slaves that were moved abroad, right, and those that died in the process, we are talking about in, in time. Now, we're talking about from like the 9th century or 10th century till around the 20th century, the turn of the 20th century. We're talking about 60 million people of sub-Saharan origin, right? And we're talking about around 40% dying in the process. And when I said dying in the process, I'm not counting those people that actually died in wars that were actually instigated because they wanted to capture slaves. Yeah. There were so yeah. many wars that were, that were just perpetrated because of that. They were perpetrated because they wanted slaves, right? And we'll still link that as well to colonialism. And the, that's why I said there are several parts that we need to break and link them together at the end of the day to be able to have this coherent storyline that has brought us to where we are today that affects you and me when we walk on the streets or when we even as intellectuals, we step into a class or into a gathering and say that I am an intellectual. What does it mean to even be a black intellectual? We'll come to that, right? Yeah, yeah. I, know, I know that, of course. Of course, this is a multidimensional yeah. conversation. You could, you could get it from every angle. It will take, it will take so many pieces to bring yeah. this conversation to where I think it will not end because things are evolving, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And the question I asked is that, of course, it is literally yeah. stated somewhere constitutional that slave trade has ended, but has slavery ended? It's a question for another day, you know, that you need to yeah. narrow. Yeah. 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 yeah, let's say by, by paperwork, by constitution and yeah. legislation, policies it is stated that slavery has ended. yeah it has ended yeah we, so we, 
that that's another that's another dimension but let's take it to let's take it to where we will come to this and probably we will, will yeah i want i will beg you again to come again and again and again so that we'll begin to have this conversation going forward we'll deal with our technical issues and then take it to where we'll have a wider audience or if possible yeah broadcast this in different uh, media this is yeah. Different, uh, yeah platforms yeah. to get uh, people to to come around which is fine i like that concept yeah. where you say that of course they uh, the color or Nadiqwe's narrative is different from the transatlantic and trans-Sahara uh, slavery. Of course, I understand that clearly if we want to know. And then, of course, writing at that point when you said he romanticized slavery, I had to talk it as if no, it was a passive thing, but the reality is yes. it's a yeah. dangerous Yes, absolutely. That, <laughs> meant, that meant that you had to dehumanize people, <laughs> especially when they became chattel, which yeah. meant that they were like personal property. You could kill them. Yeah, people yeah. were pinched and killed and people were being abused, right? Mm -hmm. And then when we take that to the back to Africa argument, which is another very interesting point you've made, right? So when we talk about back to Africa, it's not something that is new. It's been around for at least two centuries or more, right? So, and for me, if I want to go through a kind of review of literature or the different ideas about back to Africa, I've, I've actually separated them into different forms, right? Different okay. things. So the first one is the spiritual aspect of it. There's a spiritual dimension to returning to Africa, right? And when we talk about that, we're talking about, for example, we're talking about the Rastafari kind of movement. That's one of the very, the strongest religious dimensions and spiritual dimensions of this. So in that, it's linked to this Abrahamic um, kind of religion and linked to the Middle East as well, right? To Israel. And in that sense, they are saying that they're linking Exodus, right? Yeah. That Africans have been taken and the West is considered to be Babylon, Babylonia. So they are using the West as representing Babylonia where the Israelites or the Jews were taken to exile in yeah. Babylon. Right? And they believe that <laughs> Ethiopia is the seat, and that's why El Selassie is to them is the second is the second coming of Christ, right? So they believe that Africans will eventually return to Zion, right? So their Zion is not in Israel. The Zion is in Africa that we've been taken away, and then we will eventually return to to Ethiopia being the seat and the home of mankind. And obviously, you have people like Bob Marley. Um, have, have a lot of, you know, his, his lyrics have actually been related to this, right? And then there, there's this other political and economic aspect of it. For example, you talk about Gavi. Gavi is somebody who has actually spoken about back to Africa, right? Which, which is, which is um, kind of Unaya kind of movement. So what he believed was that it, like, he was also following um, Booker T. Washington in terms of paying attention to economics. He believed that if economics was catered for other areas such as politics and the legal aspect will fall into play or the civil aspect, right? So yeah. what he was saying was that you could unite or create a business venture that transcended all those divisions, right? So that was how he set up his, um, his business at that time, which included trading. And at that time, Liberia was the only African country that had independence. So he was, he was, he set up a trading post at that time, which was, which wasn't very successful. And we also know how that ended with him being, being, um, being, being convicted and deported to, to his birth country, which was in Jamaica. Right. But then we can also then even Liberia itself is one of those projects of return. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because there were people that had been born free or had achieved their freedom and they wanted to come back to Africa at that time. So, and that was how they returned to Liberia, to that, that 
place now that is now known as Liberia, right? And we, the other aspect, of, so that's a political um, kind of return, right? And then even Sierra Leone, and that's why you have Freetown. Like it was a town of free people that were freed by the West African squadron, right? After mm -hmm. slavery was abolished by the British Empire. So these are various forms of return. And the year of return as well, in 2019, um, Ghana, right? Ghana, but this to me is more of a cultural kind of exchange and return because so many people had to come and see for themselves the yes. heart. Yeah, yeah, what's going exactly the motherland, and also um, it had some spiritual aspect as well, and it was also a significant moment in time, right? Because it was 2019. That was 400 years after um, the, the abolition. Fall. Okay. Yeah, after the first after the first people they believed, which is not actually very accurate. After the first people actually landed on, on um, in, in America, for them it was 1619, right? Oh. And that's why you, you also have the 1619 project now in the US, which Trump is actually vehemently against that it shouldn't be included in teaching history in the US. Because what that tries to do is to show people that wait, Africans actually contributed immensely to this country. And it was like, no, nobody should teach that to anybody, right? It is, a, it is, it is about us. It is about white genius that the US has been able to, to, to you know, to be, to be created to what it is. So, yeah. That, um, uh, yeah. that, 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 that that's, a, that's a good conversation. That's a good uh, direction you have, you have driven it to. But I think uh, for, for Trump, uh, he, uh, it's, I think he's gone past the age where you can actually put things uh, on the bushel, uh, thinking that people will not know. People are just deliberately absolutely you know the archives. Yes, just want yes. To it will happen. happen. Yeah, you or, can or delay. It can delay. It's never gonna stop. You're not yeah. gonna stop it. Yeah. So that 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 that's all going. You might you might you might delete it from your curriculum because you have the audacity. That's fine. But then people are asking the questions. They want to read. The social media is yeah. there helping people. Yeah. You know to yeah. out this information. Whether you read or not, you stay. You, Essentially, you yeah. Information will come to you that look, this was a year. Yeah. And then, of course, we have demonstrable and very typical examples. We want to point. We've now had the first black man being a president of the United States. We've had yeah. some of the best surgeons, some of the best engineers, and all of those people are all there. You know, doing uh, contributing yeah. best and working very hard. You know, uh, we're not, not just yeah. talking. About the economic migrants that we're not having now moving people like us who are moving yes. yeah yeah putting our own best ever to to the economy so that's fine yeah but let me ask let me ask this uh, direct question now direct question um 